Sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going. From the Mesmerized Studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Taylor and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Well, hello, Atlanta sports fans, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Atlanta Sports with me, your host, Robert Taylor, and my ride or die, my main partner, my main man, my homie, my homie G, I could go on forever, and I know I've done this one before, but it's always fun to introduce the commissioner, Mark Rich, hello, in hello. that form and fashion. He's here. He's in the building. He still uh, had problems deciding on wardrobe today, and I even thought about what shirt I was going to wear, too, only to get here and realize that we are uh, not on camera right now because we're still baking up the new and improved YouTube channel, not, it's not a new channel. It's just a new look. We're, uh, we're, we are uh, baking it up, cooking it up, graphics and everything, and then we got to get that rolling. I'm pretty pissed, too, because I think this is the first time I wore a sweatshirt without a hood attached to it in probably a decade. So uh, I was kind of excited about getting on TV with it. I am not a sweatshirt or a hoodie guy really so much, and I'm a little, I don't want to say depressed, but a little bummed. Because I think the last time we were here, you looked at me and you said, man, you were just fighting, fighting it all the way. Because I still had shorts and flip-flops on. And I said, yep, I, I will cling to summer as long as, and summer lasts, you know, it officially ends, I think, September 22nd in Georgia, or, or the world, not just Georgia. But summer doesn't end in Georgia until, you know, sometime around, I don't know, Thanksgiving. We've worn shorts and flip-flops on Christmas for a, a few years now. But today... I wore a light jacket, blue jeans, and boots. That's what I wear when it gets cold out, and it was a little chilly this morning. So, I'd uh, give anything for seasons. I, I want one season, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know that it'll ever happen in my lifetime because I'll need to make a lot of money to keep my girlfriend cool because she doesn't do well in the heat. She does not like the heat. She's not alone in her family. There's some other ones that aren't, aren't big hot people, but uh, I want to, South Florida, man. That is the dream. But then I'd have to figure out how to do our podcast. I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to get all the cool uh, um, memberships or, or subscriptions to all the MLBs and everything. I could watch everything. It would cost me a little money, but I wouldn't be in studio or anything. But it would not bother me none if I said, Mark, I'm just going to be, uh, you know, on restream from now on from the uh, back of my fishing boat down here in Naples or 
We've got some great friends in Fort Myers that I'm going to go try to go see in September. Not September. It's it's October now. September's gone. December. And it's still, man, uh, at night it gets down into the 60s down there. But during the day, it's like 80, 85. Beautiful. And that's what I want. I, I like to visit cold weather, but I don't like to live in it. And I don't really – I love Georgia, but I don't like its weather because, again, today we had to get up and put on a sweatshirt and something warm. But by the time we leave here today, I can throw my flip-flops and shorts on and run around the yard. It'll be 70. Yeah, it's going to be in the 70s. But then – and also, too, like, I think – I do. I say Colorado a lot because that's another state that I love. I think if we actually had, like you say, real seasons, I might not mind it so much because you know, in Colorado, when it gets cold, you're going to get some snow, depending on where you're at in the state. Because believe it or not, there's some parts of Colorado that don't get a lot of snow. Sometimes they may not get any at all, depending on where you're positioned as, as the Rocky Mountains are concerned. Anyway, I digress. But here in Georgia, it's a lot like living in a dank basement. It's just gray and rainy. And wet and, There's and just, gross and the seasons at least give you some sort of like continuity. It, it's just it's like you you have summer and summer is great and then it starts cooling down a little bit and then you have fall which is usually awesome and then it gets cold and it's winter for a little while and then it starts warming back up for spring and then but there's none of that. There's literally none of that. It is a giant roller coaster. I mean, the dead of summer is the dead of summer and you know it's going to be hot for a little while. Um, but, but after that, once it starts to cool off a little bit, you're buckle up because mm-hmm. you have no idea what it's going to be the next day. I think we've had all four seasons in one week, multiple times over the last man, few it's years. gotten down into the low thirties recently only to have it, you know, uh, I recently, uh, I don't want to say I took it up. I, I'll say I'm toying around with it, but, uh, smoking a pipe. Because my uncle was a pipe smoker and my grandfather uh, was, and the smell is just fantastic. And then when my uncle died, uh, I got his pipes. There's like a little rack with like all the pipes on it. And while I was at the walk, I think I said this already on the episode, so another episode. So if I did, I'm sorry. But uh, my girlfriend redid my office and put that on the shelf, and she was like, hey, you know, you seem like you would be a pipe guy. And I was like, I've always thought about it maybe but i just didn't know like some people when they smoke a pipe it it just looks like it belongs there you know so i bought one and i bought some tobacco and it, it is kind of uh relaxing and enjoying like the flavor and just kind of sitting there in the evening and it's been warm enough to sit on the porch in the evening with the dog and watch him run around the yard and just kind of smoke a pipe but anyway i've said about the you know going to that tennessee game when it was hotter than blue blazes you know and it's Pushing, you know, pushing end of October into November, and it's you know eighty-eight degrees at Sanford Stadium. So you just never know what you're gonna get. And I just, yeah. And then you know, if we do get snow, like it's weird. It seemed like when I was younger, we would get snow and it would hang around for a week or a few days. Now it snows and it's awesome for a few hours, and by the time you wake up the next morning, it's gone. Or the whole world is in shambles. Yeah, or we have snowmageddon and everybody makes fun of us. We got made fun of on SNL for for snowmageddon. People got stranded, didn't know what to do. They buy up all the they buy all these perishable products, but then what if the power goes out? They get milk and eggs. Like I, I guess you could put it out on the porch, but yeah, it, you know what's weird though, and this is something I think about that they always say that you know. Like, I'm, I'm a unicorn because my birth certificate says I was born in Atlanta. I was born in Atlanta. I'm as Atlanta as it gets, you know, born born there, lived there for a little bit as a tiny tot, then moved on to social circle and, and other parts unknown. 
And uh, it's mainly northerners. There's a lot of transplants from up north. But yet we have trouble in the snow. And I'm wondering if some of these northerners have come down here and forgotten how to operate in the snow or maybe the snow is di- the snow is different up there. Yeah, because it stays cold. It sticks. They pre-treat the roads. It's, yeah, there's, so. a lot of, there's a lot of differences between us and them. But here's another thing, too, though. And this is the only reason why I wonder, is it the northerners? And they'll probably scoff at me, but it wasn't like this growing up. We had snow. I remember it snowed on my father's birthday, and it's March 31st, and it was like eight inches. People went to school. People drove around. It snowed a lot. I, it was never on the news. You saw some of the swervy sliding, but it was never just this big, great catastrophe of people dying in the snow and having such problems with a little bit of snow. It it wasn't a thing. Well, period. I, I'm pretty sure back when that happened, it was uh, cars were made of metal instead of plastic. Yeah, but it, you know, you just never. It, it was just never this big thing. It was just like you know, you snow. It snowed. And sometimes they would say it's fine. It's it, the school buses can get through. You're going to school, or you know, if, if there was the hint of snow, you still got up and went, and then you waited, and then if and, you know if there was some accumulation, then you all went back to homeroom, and then they started you know, hey, your ride's here, hey, this bus is here, or, hey, da 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 da. Then you went home, but now, you know, uh, old man Winter whispers. Whole state shuts down. Well, and then then they say, hey, uh, by the way, parents, uh, I know you're at work in the city and wherever you are. Uh, just like FYI, we're sending your kids home, whether you're there or not. That didn't matter back in the day either. I mean, I stayed at home when I was like seven or eight by myself. You just sure. called, called mom at work and, you know, it was like, hey, you can go here or there, but don't go anywhere else. Keep the door locked. Don't answer the door, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just this, the, the world we live in today. It, uh, it's different, and we just have to let it be different, I guess. I don't, I don't want to be, uh, you know, like Walter Matthau and just grumble. I don't want to be grumpy old man, but the world's just different. It is. The world is different because they have – I remember you were probably at UGA when, when this happened because I was there. You remember when they shut down the campus for like three days and nary a snowflake fell? They were talking about it's going to be this big snowstorm and all this, and they just shut it down. And we didn't, we literally, it may have been two days, but we didn't go to class for a couple of days. Not one single flake fell. Well, and that's, a, I mean, they do that in, in preparation because that's a, that's a big school. A lot of people to worry about, a lot of commuters. So I'm sure that was just a preemptive strike on it, but I, I know what you're saying. It normally yeah, I don't know. it just, it's, I guess they were just being proactive. I just think it's a, a lesson in adversity. Things aren't always going to be uh, pristine and ideal. And, you know, so learn how to uh, adapt. Yeah, adapt and adjust, you know, make adjustments, second half adjustments, you know. So speaking of adjustments, we may we may need to start preparing ourselves to adjust for life after Dansby. Maybe. Uh, I said if he wasn't signed, you know, 10 to 14 days after the season, I, I the, the red flags would go up. And I'm, the radar is, is – it's not going crazy, but just some light blips because we are – I mean, the Phillies played an entire uh, NLCS, and now the World Series is starting. 
and it's it's been at least ten days, has it not, since Atlanta lost to Philly? I think this past Saturday was a week, right? Yeah. I, so now we're Thursday. We're starting to hit that mark. Hasn't been a lot of movement. There's been you know potential landing spots, but no real movement on. You know, is he? Are we talking? You know what's going on. Haven't heard anything, and we hear Giants. We hear Cubs. Uh, some people mention he wants to go play with Freddie and be a Dodger, and 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 there's the whispers of do we even have the money? And and the do answer we, is do we yes. Have the money because That's a dumb whisper. Yeah, we have the money. Trust me. Uh, the the it's it's with bonuses and everything. I, I read a new number. It's creeped up a little bit, but again. McGurk, Liberty Media, you know, with that World Series money we got from the battery and the sellouts and everything, the money is there. The Braves are also going to get like another, I think they're getting just over $100 million for TV this year, which is still pretty bad, but they got like $80 million last year. So the money's there, and it's, I'm just, you know, why why aren't we hearing things? You know, this I'm, usually kind of, I mean, I don't know. And, and maybe AA is one of those guys where he's not, it's just going to be announced. It's just, it's just funny to me that everybody talks about it being such a high priority. And AA said he's a glue guy. We can't let him go. We got to get him signed. Like, I've decided I'm not going to worry too much about it or or think too much about it. If it happens in the meantime, great. But I'm I'm going to wait till the World Series is over. And I don't know if that's like something you wouldn't want to compete with. I don't know. AA seems to just drop little little cool bombs yeah. on us from from time to time and and maybe 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 Dansby's pissed maybe Dansby took a vacation after yep. after losing maybe he read maybe, my mind. yeah maybe he's just like he was like hey man just everything's cool just i i need i need a minute to get my head back on my shoulders and 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 be normal again and wait for the world series to go away mm-hmm. and i who knows man people are people you got to I think it's just, you know, the PTSD of the Freddie Freeman thing of where we didn't hear much, we didn't hear much, and when it started to heat, it's, you know, and again, we're not on the inside. We don't know. It, it's all, and for me, this, these are all just things I wonder to myself when I lay in bed at night knowing I have a podcast tomorrow and and what should I talk about or what could we talk about, you know, what's kind of relevant. And everybody's just kind of waiting with bated breath, and, and it just seems like the longer it goes without like a little morsel of news – you start to get that bad feeling of well, of course, because well, you the know. internet age, man, yeah, everything's there at your fingertips. So when when you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything, then you're like, hmm. And I think it's just because it's Casey Close again, and it's Excel, and you know, so you're just like, okay, what's going on? But and and again, I, I would like to believe that maybe because Dansby said after that uh, NLDS, he's like, I'm not even it's the furthest thing from my mind right now. So maybe he is just kicking back, taking it easy, and maybe he has been in contact with they and said, Hey man, it's gonna be all right. We'll get it done. Let's just I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, we'll call you or whatever. You know, I, I think he probably has that kind of pull there to just say, I'm you know not not ready to talk about it yet, man. I'm, maybe I don't know. Maybe he's in the freaking Bahamas. Sure. Who knows I, what he's – maybe he's uh, – maybe uh, Mallory's playing soccer right now and he's just enjoying because he says he never gets to be there for a lot of those moments in her athletic career. Maybe he's just watching – I don't know if they're playing right now. I, I guess I probably should have done better at my job and found out if they are playing. But Or, or maybe I, she's in some other tournament. It seems like they play soccer all year round. So she's Either way, maybe he's just living his actual life and, and not 
focusing on baseball for a moment. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it. There was this moron from Rock Mart that uh, apparently saw Michael Harris out bowling and then posed the question of like, hey, it's nice to see Michael Harris out bowling after he blew the season for the Braves. And like, this guy just got ripped to shreds. And I, I just said, you're completely ignorant. You don't know anything about baseball. He actually posted a video today and I didn't watch it, but just a moron, just a complete and total. And that's the kind of fan I'm talking about in Atlanta that we don't want. Like, if that's your attitude, beat it. You know, like, it's, it's just unbelievable that. I don't want you, uh, I don't want you showing me videos of Michael Harris getting tore down and you know buckhead or wherever but i I don't want to see any of that i mean i live your life have fun i don't i don't want you not to have fun or enjoy yourself but like bowling like you you can't go bowling well here's the thing you know of course uh we didn't the braves didn't meet their expectations of course everyone knows this you think michael harris wanted to go one for 14 nope Hell think, no. Do you think Dansby wanted to struggle offensively? Austin Riley, the uh, you know Rosario, they're talking about what you know uh, was this just an outlier? Is he going to return to any some form of twenty one Eddie? You know where's Marcel going? None of these guys wanted to have the season they had. None of these guys wanted to have the postseason they had. But when you play one hundred and sixty two games, you start at February the fourteenth, and if you go all the way to the end, it's till November. If you want to go out and have a few belts and get loaded on booze and tequila or whatever, fine. <laughs> want to go bowling? Fine. Blow off some steam. Please. You know, form a pickleball league. I don't care what you do. Go have fun. You've earned it. You just played 162 games. Yeah, do you, I don't are you thinking that any one of them was just like whew. Thank God that's over. Like hell no, man. I'm, I'm the only time that happens is if you're the Marlins or your team is shitty. Then you're like, oh my God, thank God that season's over. When but you're mathematically eliminated when you win from the playoffs, hundred and what, hundred and one games, and you and you have a disappointing NLDS against those car wash employees, the Philadelphia Phillies. Not that working. If you got to work at a car wash or you want to work at a car wash, that's great. I, I guess in this day and age, I can't just say that, but. You can. I'm just saying, there's some shady car wash employees out there. You you go to some of these rough looking car washes, and they they just look like mulleted bums. Didn't and that's what the Phillies are. Marvin Harrison bums. have some weird shit with a car wash. Oh yeah, man. He, I think he shot somebody or something. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra owned car washes and sold ecstasy out of them. I'm just saying, car washes can be shady places, and I equate the Philadelphia Phillies to being car wash employees because they have no respect for what them. What did uh, what did they buy in Breaking Bad? Car wash. Ah, see? There we go. I'm just saying. Um, so, yeah, you know, do whatever you need to do. I don't care what you do. Just when it's time to go to work, go to work. I I, I would, I would, I don't know what the timeline is. Is it six, six weeks or do is it like, okay, you know, end of December? Or they start in January, you know, I guess however serious you are. I'd like to think uh, Ronald We'll be doing some conditioning a little earlier than normal to, you know, work out the kinks and the aches and the pains and the pulls and the strains and, you know, all that. But, yeah, by all means, take some time. Take your girlfriend, your kids, whatever. Go bowling, do whatever. Play bowling. ping pong. I don't care. But but also to say something as foolish is that he blew. He didn't blow the season. It's a team effort. That entire team stunk in that Philly series, save for Kyle Wright and some other relievers. 
everybody's uh, Matt Olson, Matt Travis Darno, yeah. you know, there there were some guys, but overall as a team, there were some standouts. But overall, as a team, I'm saying a team, the Braves stunk. It wasn't one any one person that didn't need one thing that and by the way, one guy stinking can't blow a you know, hey, you can have a, a NLCS and one guy just stinks it up and you still beat the tar out of the other team. You know, so yeah, when you have six of them stinking it up, it's really hard. Yeah, it's especially just, when the other team's on fire. And that's just what you. Yeah, I just it it just irks me. Like I can't believe you actually put that out in the world. Like, and you expect your opinion to be respected or, or not get blown up and not get trolled like crazy because you say stupid stuff like that. You're just stupid. You sound stupid. But that's that's my uh, that's my thing with the internet. I have to see those and take a deep breath and keep it moving. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, and I didn't get into it with him. He didn't reply back, and I don't even remember his name. That's how infinite he is. But I just said that's a completely ignorant statement, and you don't know anything about the sport of baseball, and you're basically the kind of – this is on my personal account, too. This guy said this. And I said, you're just basically the kind of fan we don't want around. That's not That's not being a positive, productive fan. That's not actually understanding how the game works and understanding – the ins and outs of baseball. That's just, you're an idiot and you don't belong here. Like I would just assume is if you have season tickets, freaking sell them, man. I'll buy them. But, uh, and again, uh, winter meetings, that's when I think a lot of stuff, not think I know that's when a lot of stuff goes down. So maybe, maybe, maybe nothing gets done with Dansby till the winter meetings. Maybe he's like, Hey, 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 we'll get it done down there, man. I'll see you in Florida. See, I think it's always in Orlando. It it was in uh, Atlanta one year. The year Nolan Ryan went to the Rangers, that deal got done at the winter meetings in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you haven't seen that Netflix documentary, watch it. It is outstanding. I keep hearing it, man. It's on my list. I just don't have – I keep falling asleep. When I'm going to give home. you one spoiler. I don't care. This is not really a spoiler because la, if you, la, if you la, really la. know baseball history well – and I was surprised by this, but if you know, you know. It's not, it doesn't give it away. Seven no-hitters. Everyone knows this, right? He threw three in 16 months. Three no hit. I'm gonna say that again. Three no hitters in 16 months. He's a badass, dude. It's it's really good. Like, and I think, you know, and you want to talk about run support and like a pitcher's record. He went eight eight and 16 one year in Houston, but he led the league in ERA and strikeouts. So you know, it's it's just baseball's a and that's the thing about it's a funny funny game. You want to talk about the Braves, you know, kind of going cold in, in that series against the Phillies. Well, look at Nolan Ryan. Never won a Cy Young. He's got more strikeouts, and nobody's ever touching that record. Randy Johnson's number two, and he's a 1,000 strikeouts behind him. Uh, nobody's ever touching that record. And seven no-hitters. Sandy Koufax is next with four. No one's ever throwing eight no-hitters in their career. He played in the league, I think, 27 or 29, 27 seasons. 47 years old. I don't know if you remember that game when he blew his arm out in Seattle and had to leave. But, I mean, after watching that, and I knew he was great, and I knew he was good, but I I think after watching that, I have to say he is the best pitcher to ever play the game of professional baseball, and Greg Maddox is, like, number two. I said Maddox was the best I've ever seen, but I saw Nolan Ryan pitch quite a bit. Old enough to remember the Express. Um. Yeah, anyway, just an amazing, amazing documentary. And 
Really good stuff. And I guess the last little Braves nugget we have for today is everybody's wondering, you know, are we going to go after DeGrom? And we talked about this. What do we do? We got arms. Should we go get arms? There's arms out there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, just for something for you Braves fans, a little nugget that DeGrom is from Dayland, Florida. I think we've mentioned this early, early on in like one of our first episodes when your Mets friend uh, gave me a hard time. Mm. Chipper's from Dayland, Florida. But... What a lot of people may not know, because nobody, uh, the casual, and not, maybe serious fans might even go this far to find out who a player's agent is, but his agent is none other than B.B. Abbott. And for those of you who aren't in the know, that's Chipper's longtime best friend and agent. For those of you that didn't know, that's uh, Matt Olson, almost said Greg Olson, he was a brave, but Matt Olson's agent. And he put up a post on Instagram, this is DeGrom, of uh, himself in a Braves uniform and said something to the effect of what will be, will be, or, or something to that effect. And he, and he took it down just moments later. So something to swirl around in your brain and maybe get excited about. And uh, so that, you never know. It, it just seems like the... No matter how many arms we have, Jacob deGrom on our roster is still a positive thing. I, it just makes me wonder, you know, does how much B.B. Abbott talks to deGrom about the Braves. Uh, has Chipper been like B.B.? Let me get Jacob's number. Let me holler at him. You know, Matt Olson, you know, I just, you know, you got to wonder. I certainly think DeGrom is going to kick the tires on the Braves and the Braves are going to kick the tires on him. Whether or not it gets done, we'll see. But I think there are going to be, if there hasn't already been, talks. Well, if there's mutual interest, God bless it. You have to. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, But, I mean, again, last thing I'll say because – I'm not really one of those people like some other Atlanta sports, uh, you know, outlets that will just kind of find something to talk about with the Braves. There's not, of course, there's stuff going on. We just don't know about it. There's probably guys that are on the inside that know about it. But as of right now, it's the, it's the, it's the off season, a lot of big moves to be made, a lot of money to be spent, a lot of decisions to make. It's going to be exciting, but we're going to shift our focus because this is one of the most exciting weekends in college football for Georgia fans because yeah boy it is and it's always right around Halloween and everybody's got bye weeks and everybody's rested and ready for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party that's right Jacksonville Florida everybody's today's Thursday everybody's heading down today that's going it's typically a Thursday trip you get down there, you spend the weekend, but it's Georgia, it's Florida, neutral site, TII Bank, something Metro Life, Hoopla Stadium. They're always changing names, but it's the Jaguar Stadium. In down there, coming up, and I'm telling you, this is one of those games where it doesn't matter who's who's the best because – I mean, I got a whole list I'll get into uh, here in a minute of, of just kind of memorable Georgia games where it do, you don't got to be, you don't got to be the best team to win, and, no. and the Gators can jump up and bite you. We've seen it over the years in, in a lot of these contests where the better team did not win, and it's going to be you know Georgia. And again, we talked about it. You can't look past Florida looking ahead to Tennessee. We don't think they'll do that. Pollock put the Vols on upset alert against the Wildcats because he thought they might could look ahead. I think I I also, everybody I've heard, anybody that has any SEC or Georgia tie that I've heard asked about this game have all responded with, there is no chance Georgia is looking past Florida. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. This rivalry is too big. 
it's too big. They want they want to beat them and they want to beat them bad. Well, you know, and it's we talked about recruiting too. Now, even though and we and we did our homework, we were a little late. We did it last minute, but we did our homework and I think I was telling Mark I'm pretty sure he talked about this in the last episode and he was right. But they can only give tickets to recruits, but they can't really interact or host them because it is off campus. Neither side can do that, but they have agreed that they can give them a ticket to the game. But even though they can't interact and really host them, a lot of kids make their decision based off the winner of this game sure. and, and, and how big they win. So even though, again, they're not uh, down on the sidelines, they can't really talk to the team or anything like that, they're just there watching, some kids do make up their minds based off the outcome of this game. And you're probably wondering, you know, what are we looking at? Georgia, Florida this year. Well, Anthony Richardson, he's uh, he's a guy that can take off at any minute. Florida uses a lot of the shift motion with him. Kirby said he's gotten uh, better with each game. So, uh, you know, I think you've got to get to him early. And, again, that's the secret formula to, you know, almost anybody is if they've got a dynamic quarterback, disrupt them, you know, get to them, get them off their game early. and Because a lot of quarterbacks, man, once you get them off their game, it's hard to get back in. I don't care who you are. See, Tom Brady, no matter who you are. It goes you, both ways, and if you let them get into a rhythm, it's hard to get yep. them out of it. And, uh, you know, Florida's uh, defensive front, they've got this one giant tub of lard, but I guess he's good at something. Uh, man, that uh, Tennessee game, I just kept noticing. He He's just he's fat. He's not in shape. He's a big old tub of goo, but apparently he does some things well because that defensive front of Florida is extremely disruptive. They're good at controlling the A and B gaps in that running game, and you got Brenton Cox, who's a game-breaker, used to be at Georgia. He's now at Florida. He can, you know, he can set the edge. A-plus shit talker, but, man, yeah. I, I love to shut him up. Uh, so he can always, uh, you know, do do the things that, you know, can uh, change the, the tide of a game. So you know they're going to be getting after Stetson. Georgia's got the edge in this series, 54-44-2. But if anything uh, that we could say about, you know, kind of uh, it, it's already become legend is the big speech from last year. That when you listen to it, you wanted to run through a wall for Kirby. So, you know, we can go back to uh, let's let's just travel. Let's time travel a little bit and just kind of talk about Georgia, Florida history for a little bit. You got November 8th, 1980, Georgia 26, Florida 21. Run, Lindsey, run. Everybody remembers that game. 1993. I don't know if you – do you remember 93? Eric Zier was a quarterback. I, I – I've seen highlights. I I wasn't there for that. Um, I stopped going. We'll talk about that later. But uh, 93, Florida 33, Georgia 26. Zaire uh, is pretty sure he's thrown the game-winning touchdown. But a Florida player had called a timeout. So they give, they award, they call the play back, award Florida the timeout. Next pass is dropped. Game over. 2007. Remember this one? Everybody remembers this one. This was a big one. Georgia scores their first touchdown. They run out onto the field. They do a big dance. There was a, a Donnie Brook broke out. It was a scuffle. That was a wild one. 2002, 20-13. Florida wins that one. And that was Georgia's probably best team. They were ranked number five in the country. And they would have won the East with a victory. This was Ron Zook. They'd already dropped three games in Florida. Again, Florida jumped up and bit them. 
That was that was the game. Yep. That was our, our, our one game every year that just crushed everything. And this was uh, 1966, Georgia 27, Florida 10. There was a certain young man uh, at quarterback for that team who would go on to be known as the head ball coach. Gators were unbeaten in rank number seven. Third year, Vince Dooley comes in and intercepted Spurrier. Not Dooley, but his team intercepted Spurrier three times. One return for a touchdown. Cost uh, Florida a chance to win the SEC title, which Georgia ended up sharing with Alabama. So that's why he hates us so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 1985, Georgia wins 24 to 3. And the Bulldogs stunned the Gators. They were ranked number one in the AP poll for the first time in the history of the program. And and Keith Henderson and Tim Worley come in there, and uh, they run roughshod over them. I'm going to stop with this one. We don't, we don't want to go all day, but here's the one. Well, there's two more. 97, Florida was uh, the defending national title. And this is the only time Georgia beat Florida under Spurrier's reign of terror, 37-17. But the one I hate the most October 28, 1995, Georgia, Florida, in Athens. Florida comes in and becomes the first team ever to hang 50 on Georgia inside Sanford Stadium, and they ran it up late. It was late in the game, and they threw a touchdown pass, and Spurrier said, isn't that what you shoot for? Do something's never been done. So Steve Spurrier and the Gators were the first team to ever drop 50 in Sanford Stadium, and it's another reason just to fuel that fire. So – such a good rivalry. And it's going to be, I guess, well, no, not regardless of the outcomes. Uh, but, man, it's going to be a really big two weeks of Georgia football. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Georgia-Florida, which not really much, not really any big implications other than bragging rights and respect. And our good buddy uh, Shannon Thompson, boy, we don't want to hear him for a whole year. No. We love that guy. But, man, he uh, he gives as good as he gets when it comes to trash talk and uh, the Georgia-Florida rivalry. Uh, there have been – flags stolen and and signs put out on lawns and uh car tags uh switched out and all kind of crazy hijinks and uh we know he's going to be watching uh with our good buddy donnie i'm going to be at home because guess what happens on saturday i get my brand new lazy Lazy boy boy recliner it's a cadillac too uh it it is a it is top notch they had this crazy sale i got it deeply discounted and Oh, boy, I am going to uh, do up the buttermilk brine wings again. I got to get a haircut, but then I'm going to sit back in the in the old recliner and watch Georgia, Florida in the comfort of my own home. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working, so I'm going to need a uh, a good showing because just really nothing nothing worse than being at work while your team's losing around you. So I'm going to need Georgia to show up and show out. I like Georgia in this one. Yeah. Uh, our, our golf tournament episode that's in the can right now, uh, we had uh, a prediction of Georgia by two touchdowns. We'll see. Like you said, you just never know what's going to happen in this game. I just rattled off some, uh, some historic games where, you know, uh, the other team was supposed to win and didn't. So I'd I really just like for them to score less than 10 points. I like to think that Georgia's is number one in the nation. They're in the driver's seat. Um, so I, I think they, I think uh, Georgia handles their business. Uh, I think they've had a week off to. We still don't have AD. He's got that high ankle sprain, and you know Kirby. We we were listening to a press conference before we started. They're, they're weird. It's a weird injury. You just never know how it's going to go. And we're probably going to be without Jalen Carter too for this one. 
Yeah, um, that MCL. But we'll we'll see. We just whatever you guys need. And honestly, I I I'm okay with them having another week to get get better. But I'd really, really, really be more comfortable if uh, they were both back for Tennessee. Yeah, and that's all we can do. You know, Kirby said that uh, AD's doing the the tightrope thing and doing all the things that he needs to uh, get conditioned and, you know, you stay off of it. And, man, I know now they do all kind of platelet therapy, and and those guys really do have some of the most – like the way you and I would deal with a high ankle sprain is is not how those guys get treated for a high ankle sprain. So, no. uh, you hope you hope he comes back strong in that game and he can contribute. But again, it's about how you practice and and you know just like the Braves when they had that five day layoff, you know um, they were rusty. Strider was rusty. AD is going to have to knock some rust off. You know maybe he starts slow, but. Without AD, I would like to see the emergence of Mr. Gilbert. You know, he did. He's gotten some playing time. He's been on the field, and like I said, I hope in I hope in Florida, it's kind of one of those things where he has a a big coming out party. And it like, would be amazing. You know, that's kind of another another Georgia Florida story. You know, that like the ones I just read off. You know, we years later we talk about how he had had some struggles off the field and. You know, he stuck with it, and Georgia stuck with him, and, and he finally got his moment to shine, and he came out and blew it out in Florida, and then he comes on in and, and into Tennessee, and, and he's that X factor, you know, that kind of guy. I'd love for this to be just a, a running back, tight end, and defense type of game for us and with a little little lad McConkey sprinkled in. For a little uh, razzle-dazzle. razzle-dazzle lad. Um. So yeah, that's that's all you can hope for. And again, you know, it's it's college football. It's it's just football in general, whether it's professional or uh, you know, collegiate or high school. You know, everybody's going to be dinged up and have nicks and and scrapes and bumps all year and sprains. And it's just that next man up and and be prepared to to take your shot. Be prepared to you know contribute when your number's called. And that's all you can do. But you know, I think Stet was you know he was a little dinged up. Uh, he should, you know, after a week off of, of resting and practicing and, and everything, he should feel much better. And I, I, I think Georgia goes down there and takes care of business and, and comes back home and starts to get ready for Tennessee. And boy, oh boy, what a game that's going to be. We've already talked that one to death, though. We've already said, told you in two, you know, our golf episode, we talked about it, but we even have an episode titled as much as one way the Vols could lose. And if you're listening, you know, it's it's just a big time game. It's a 3.30 game for some reason. Uh, fan cited said Georgia fans were mad about that, and I don't know why because they're stupid and they say sensationalistic garbage to get people to click on their articles. Well, everybody, uh, when you're in school, you always hope for a night game. That's just a thing. I don't know. I, I, never, I never cared. I, I mean, night games are just cool because you don't get them very often, especially in the SEC when you're the best game of the week. CBS has first first dibs and that 330 game is going to be the best game sometimes you you know espn will pick you up and put you on at night but most of the time cbs is going to put i mean they do slot the best game at 330 so there's no way cbs is letting that go because that is going to be the best game of the day yeah possibly one of the best games of the the season who knows yeah um this weekend, though, I I hope I hope we do I hope we demoralize Florida like we did last year. That those twenty one points in the last two minutes of the first half last year, where we just put them to bed, um, at, that was great. I coming off the bye week, I really hope that you know everybody who who isn't hurt 
is rested and ready to go, and Kirby's got them all on the same page because we're going to need that. Um, brought this up earlier. We are we're going to be without Dan Jackson for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, Malachi Starks. Uh, we already know how how great he is uh, as a true freshman. Um, he's going to be in there, but I mean, we'll see. I I really hate Jalen Carter not being here. Uh, especially with a running quarterback like Anthony Richardson, but um, yeah, I I mean I, I think we win. I I would just really like, I really like when our defense steps up and shuts the other team down. Uh, and maybe it's just because there was such a great feeling last year watching that happen so often. Um, but also just because of how iffy we've been for those few weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And and even we talked about how the the Auburn game didn't feel as good as the scoreboard showed. Um, I just hope we come out here and, and we, we dominate, and, and especially because it's Florida. If we dominate Florida, that gives you that better feeling. It's kind of like what we did to Michigan last year and how you're like, oh, shit, never mind. We're good. Everything's fine. Like, I, I want one of those games, especially pulling up to Tennessee. Yeah, uh, and I say it all the time. Uh, as Meatloaf would say, you took the words right out of my mouth. It would sure would be nice to see a strong Great performance from that defense leading into that Tennessee game. But one little just caveat I'll throw on top of that is uh article has come out. Uh, there's 18 violations that, that they're looking into that kind of hanging over their head that maybe that affects them. Maybe it doesn't. But there are some uh, pretty, pretty stiff penalties and pretty uh, stiff allegations out there. The NCAA is investigating, you know, is that a distraction for Heupel and his team? Well, you know, it's, you it's would, not a distraction anymore because they just postponed any penalties till essentially after this whole season's over. Yeah. Um, so you got to wonder, though. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're if you're one of the right, but, if you're one of the guys on the team who this is yeah. in regards to, then potentially that could be looming over your head. But I mean, I, I, honestly, I I am very I, I am almost equally excited to watch the Tennessee Kentucky game this weekend. Yeah. As I am the Georgia Florida game. Um I I want to see I want to see where they're at. Well, you know, it's happened how many times has it happened in college football where this team kind of rises to the top. I don't want to say Tennessee came out of nowhere, but they've been pretty bad for a very long time. This is almost like a a, a complete 360, you know. Uh, of, of just a, a quick turnaround of last year, they were disappointing. They weren't very good last year, and this year they're there's kind of this offensive juggernaut, and they're, they're you know they're riding high, and they've just beat Alabama, and it's like, do you get too big for your britches? Do you have they? Has, you know, Nick Saban talked about it. We talked about how Georgia maybe was getting into it a little bit this year. Has Tennessee gotten to the rat poison? Man, I hope it's a three sixty because that know? would mean that they went all the way around back to shitty okay 180 sorry <laughs> you're the math guy not me sorry i'm an athlete not a mathlete usually goes the other way around but yeah i'm not no, i'm not a mathlete but you know and, and again it, it is a very uh i would say tennessee's over it achieving i say they're playing beyond expectations i don't think anybody if you would have asked paul feinbaum anybody at the beginning of the season hey when tennessee rolls into athens on november 5th they're going to be undefeated in rank number three they probably would have been like, ah, you think? Well, I, th- I think everybody was very cautious with the way they talked about Tennessee preseason, but they also they knew 
They knew about this offense. They knew that if Tennessee was going to have a shot at being good this year, it was going to be predicated on Josh Heupel and their offense. And they're a well-coached team. Um, you, you, they're still an SEC team. Uh, they still have talent on defense. Maybe it's not on paper the best defense or, or close to the best defense in the SEC or in the country. But you, your offense way, way overshadows that. So you are you're compensating for lack of defense by pouring points on the board every single week. And we'll see. Like that that's the thing we've talked about is 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 our defense good enough to slow their offense down and can their defense slow our offense? Down? I mean, we could very much be looking like an Alabama type situation. Shootout. Just a shootout. Just a no you know, if 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 George will Georgia outlast Tennessee or will Tennessee outlast Georgia? Again, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we have uh, talked about it quite a bit, but I think it's going to be turnovers and third downs. Who can convert? Who can who can get, take opportunities and score off turnovers? And again, last time I'll say it, until the game, there's that big game factor that Tennessee's just not used to, all that pressure. So that being said... I want to say one last thing, sure, and it's sure. that I have a lot of friends who are Tennessee fans and I would love to beat Tennessee, but now I really want to beat Tennessee because of that toothless Texas fan from the golf tournament <laughs> that was screaming and showing tattoos and all sorts of yeah. weird shit. Like that was yeah. that was fun, but he 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 told us that that we were going down and that Texas was coming to take over the SEC and, and they were bringing Oklahoma yeah, with them. He said Hooker's going to rush for three touchdowns and it's going to be. He basically said Tennessee is going to kick the crap out of us and. Again, I don't think I'm being a bad fan by saying this. You never know. Yeah, I mean the way you know it the would, way their offense is set up. Would it be? Would it be stunned? Would it be a shocker? You know, if, if Georgia just completely poops the bed because they're just not really that program, that team anymore. But you know, do I think right now Tennessee's going to blow Georgia out? No, but you just never know. You never know. So could it happen? Of course it could, but. Are Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs the type of program that would allow that to happen? I don't think so. So anyway, I I I just it's either gonna look. I'll just last. Well, or we we can put our last thoughts in here. One of two things are gonna happen. It is gonna be one of those wild ride. Holy cow! You know the over under is eighty points, and boy they 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 made that. You know forty five to forty or fifty two to forty nine, like it wasn't. You know it's either gonna be this crazy back and forth battle where you're on the edge of your seat, and when it's over, you go, oh, good God, Georgia, don't ever do that to us again. Or Georgia's going to whip them. You know? And again, that big game factor that I've talked about for two or three episodes now, that pressure, all that, you know, that's, that, that's, it's, I think that that's it for me. That's my prediction. I, I One of two ways, that crazy – Alabama style in Nayland Stadium, that crazy shootout where it's just offense, offense all night, and the guys, the last man standing, the the kicker or, or whoever, you know that kind of like in, ten, in in sixteen when they Tennessee chucked up that ball at the end and won mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. crazy like that, Tino to, to stick the dagger in the heart of either Georgia or Tennessee, or because Georgia's been to the top of the mountain, they know how to handle the pressure in a big game situation like that. Tennessee's new at this; it's their first time probably since they played for the national title in 98. Well, and it's Heupel's biggest game, too. And it's Heupel's biggest game, and do they kind of just 
Do they falter? It can happen. It does happen quite often. A lot of programs on their – because Georgia had those losses. A lot of programs, 2017 National Championship to Alabama, a lot of programs on their way back up to dominance with a younger team experience those gut-wrenching, man, we really shit the bed on that one, games, and they learn from them and they grow. And, you know, so anyway – I think home field advantage is going to play a huge part for us. Oh, God, yes. I'm I'm very thankful it's in Athens. Raucous crowd. Raucous crowd going to be down there in Sanford Stadium. I'm going to be at my buddy Chris Carter's 40th birthday bash. I think we're going to make a big old pot of Brunswick stew because nothing says SEC football like Brunswick stew, boy. And some cornbread. He's going to be turning 40. Uh, he, is, he, is, uh, he has a young daughter, Cameron, who uh, – got a national championship the national championship game was played on her first birthday this year and uh carter always said he said long he's like george's gonna win the national title on my daughter's birthday they're gonna gift her with the greatest gift of all and boy boy did they show up so uh he's off camera in detail the wife's gonna mind the baby and we're gonna get rowdy and watch uh tennessee on his newly minted uh back porch it's all screened in there's a fireplace i can't wait man it's gonna be gonna be catch up with some old friends good times will be had by all but speaking of good times it's a good time to be an atlanta hawks fan man they are flying high they take out the pistons and before i let mark uh go ham on some uh some hawks i know our buddy john collins boy he did it again and you're gonna give us some more details but can we just talk about the fact that the lakers Malcolm, if you're listening, I love you, but you're like a stank. They 0-4. Yep. It's For the, the first time since LeBron's a rookie going 0-4, and I think they're going to just be a total disappointment again because of his foul, awful toxicity as a teammate and an NBA player. There's there's going to be a trade. There's going to be some sort of trade made out there. There's got to be that. They, like, four games in, and they're already done. So something's something is going to happen. Hawks fans, yes, it is a great time to be alive. Um, we are three and one, and we are still working out the kinks. But John Collins, holy shit, um, this is the guy I've been talking about since early in his career, since Trey was here, uh, since Trey got here. The the they always talked about John Collins as you know trade bait to get that next superstar. And in my mind, he's always been that 20 and 10 guy. He's always had that in him. Now, early on, you know, the, the knocks, the, the, he, he seemed to fumble over himself in the low post. He, you know, he couldn't create his own shot. All the, all these things that people used to say to, I I think maybe make it easier for them to think about us trading him. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I mean, with some stuff that I saw myself, um, but here he is. Here he is playing very, very efficient, good basketball. He's also playing defense. He had four blocks last night. Four blocks, including a chase down block that was just awesome. LeBron esque. I know we've we've uh we've decided to make fun of the Lakers, but you know, LeBron had a, a pretty epic chase down block and this this John Collins block was pretty similar. Um but he goes for nineteen and eleven. 11 rebounds, which we desperately need because it seems like he, DeJounte, and uh, Clint Capella are the only people that like to rebound the ball. Um, but he's shooting 64.3%, 9 of 14, super efficient, four blocks, one steal. Seems like everybody's playing a little bit better defense now that DeJounte's here. I think it he 
he sparks them because he, although he had a woeful night from the floor, 5 for 18, he only shot 28% from the floor, uh, 14 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. His stat lines are always so amazing to me because they're always 5 stats deep. His It's never points and assists or points and uh, rebounds. It's never just 2 or 3 stats. It's always five because they always have to throw his impressive defensive stats in there. Four games in, leads the league in steals at like three and a half steals a game. Um, but I've I've seen fans already uh, jumping off the bandwagon, saying that he's he's not the right guy. Bye, he Felicia. Shot, yeah, you shoot five for eighteen from the field, and you're ready to give up on the guy who plays both sides of the court. And uh, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the game where we pit Dejounte and Trey against each other. But if you want to get mad at somebody for having a woeful night from the field, and you haven't given up on Trey yet, but you want to give up on Dejounte after four games, then yeah, you you're one of those. Look you're at one that of those Magic fans. game. Trey Young was throwing up bricks, brother. Yeah, no, I watched it. You were there. Oh yeah, you know he now he found the he found the basket towards the end of that game and, and caught fire. But and, and he started out slow in the game after that. I think uh, in the Hornets game, I think he was they were pretty he was pretty bad shooting. So oh, well, the whole just the, saying the Hornets game was just bad in general. the uh, The cool thing though, and I didn't think I was ever going to see this again in my lifetime because it just seemed like, and we talk about how we try not to blame the refs or focus on the refs because it's just a bad hole to go down. But it seemed like after they made the Trey Young, James Harden rule that they really focused in on making sure Trey Young did not get the same foul calls that he had gotten the previous season where he averaged like 13, 12 to 13 free throws a game. Um, Had 17, 17 free throws. In this game, and honestly, that's probably the difference in the game because the Detroit Pistons are a young, flame throwing from three point, fun team to watch. To be honest, I didn't, I hadn't paid too much attention to him. Apparently, uh, Bogey's brother Bojan is just insane. He's shooting fifty something percent from from three. He went for thirty three points on us last night. Cade Cunningham is ad, ad as advertised. His second year in the league, he went. 26, 8, and 6 last night. 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Um, it, it was very back and forth. It was a hard-fought win. But, like, I, I'm looking at these games where people are just expecting this team to, like, gel and mesh in what they should be on paper at the end of the season. You're not going to see that yet. No. And in mean... the same way that people are, are giving Nate shit, and I'm, I'm watching this game last night, and all I could think is they're – People are bitching about us not putting in AJ and not putting in, uh, like putting playing young guys for the sake of playing young guys, but it's really like I'm watching how he's doing it right now, and it's really to get these guys to gel together. And mind you, we don't have Bogey right now, so he's really trying to to stay in a game like this. He's got to pay close attention to who he's got on the floor and what's going on. And while I want AJ to get minutes, just like the next guy, if that's going to cost us a game. To, to try to get the young guy minutes, I don't want to do that right now. Maybe when the the lineup's full or we are we're we're going up by a significant amount in the first half. Like I think AJ is good enough to play whenever, but like don't you don't have to force anything 
at this juncture, while you're trying to get your starters to gel, while you're trying to figure out who your second team is going to be, minus Bogey, when he comes back, that's going to be that's going to be a a different, a whole different animal. Because the way it's the way it's panning out right now, you very rarely see a floor without Trey or Dejounte out there. Very very rarely. Um, and now when you're telling me that your your front your John Collins and your Clint Capella are going to come out, but your Akongwu and your Jalen Johnson are going to come in, and you're telling me that now when Dejounte comes off, Bogey's going to come in, or when Trey comes off, Bogey's going to come in, and that's going to be your second unit. Um, that's that's going to be fun. But right now, we don't have that. Right now, he's got to pay very close attention while trying to get these guys to gel. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys are fighting really hard. They're, but they're playing so much better on defense, too. And uh, I mean, last night, you couldn't really, you couldn't tell by the score because Detroit pours it from three. They are just a, a three-point shooting animal. Um, and we got them again on Friday. But man, it is... It is fun to watch. That is 100% for sure. Um, we are on a five-game road trip right now. So we got Detroit again Friday night. Um, Saturday, we got the Bucks. Uh, Monday on Halloween, we got the Raptors. And then Wednesday, we finish off the road trip with the, the Knicks in New York. So I'm probably going to have to FaceTime my cousin for that yeah. game. <clears throat> and this is why... I'm excited about Hawks basketball is because when we when we wind the commissioner up and get him going, I can go pee. <laughs> I can check my phone. Cause so it's like a little break for me. Like it's like the DJ when he used to play like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and go take a dump. It's pretty awesome. I'm just saying. Uh the show just kind of sails along and I get to I just get to kind of sit over here and go, Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm I'm tempering mm-hmm. my excitement. Uh, <laughs> well, it just seems like now Collins is going to be kind of a linchpin uh, to this team and that you can put the trade rumors to rest because he's establishing himself as a key guy. But you're talking about, you know, the steals and everybody playing better defense. We heard that from Nate's mouth himself. We talked about it at the golf tournament uh, episode that you're going to hear about. As he said, part of the, the way this team is going to work this year is creating offense through defense good defense you talk about the free throws that what trey had 17 he said i want this team chucking up 25 free throws a night i want them to be aggressive i want them drawing those fouls so it's all if you look at it that way seems like his game plan is coming to fruition the only and the thing about this is nate mcmillan is a very good nba coach he's got a lot of wins he's good just because you watch a lot of basketball doesn't mean you can coach basketball. When just I'm not you see even going to teams do something doesn't yeah, mean we have to. Exactly. And, and 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 we've talked about this. The only thing that that wonders to me is, you know, what is your issue with gatekeeping young talent, keeping them off the floor and not getting them quality minutes? That's the only thing. And again, hopefully in one of these press conferences, you know, they open up uh the old Zoom chat and I get to ask him straight up. Hey. Hey coach Nate. How are you? Robert Taylor, Believe in Atlanta Sports. Could you talk a little bit about your younger players and how, and what your plan is to develop them? Because there are people in the fan base and the media that have said you sort of gatekeep them and, and they don't get them the quality minutes. Could you kind of put that to rest? Could you expound on that for us and just let, you know? But, but again, I think I've just evolved into this person as I've gotten older that's just like, 
They do what they do for a reason. Let them do their job. The Hawks are never going to hire Mark to coach them. And he knows a lot about basketball. But Sadly enough. They're, they're never going to be like, Mark, you can coach the Hawks. He'd be like, get out of here. What are you kidding? You want to coach the Hawks? Shut up, dude. You could. They'd probably say you can't even coach the Skyhawks. Beat I just, it. I just want to wear a suit and sit on the bench. I'll carry you know, a clipboard. I'll I'm never going to get hired to, to coach the Hawks or the Falcons or the Braves. So while I can uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, express my displeasure with how things are going, at the end of the day, I can say, you know what? Maybe Arthur Smith would be a shitty podcast host. <laughs> so he's probably not going to tell me how to host a podcast because he'd go, man, that ain't my thing. So let, hey, and they're three and one. It's early. You know, you like look at the Lakers. The Lakers could win the next 15 games for all we know. Probably not because, again, Le Bitch is a toxic teammate. He, he, you've said it, you know, he's like a Viking. He, he, he burns through franchises and destroys them and then he, then he packs his bags and leaves, you know. He's a, he's a slash and burn guy. So probably not going to happen. But I like what I've seen from the Hawks. Now, what, what can you say through four games? They're slow starters. They've, they're starting their game slow. They haven't come out kind of just, you know. Well, but they will. Trey Young. Trey Young last night. He's one for seven from three. You tell me that Trey Young went one for seven from three. I'm thinking, ugh, God, probably a terrible shooting night. Overall, he shot... 43% from the field, okay? Uh, the the trips to the free throw line, again, literally saved the day. Um, it's great to see, but he ends up with 35.6 assists, three rebounds, a steal, and my favorite stat is one turnover. That is the Trey Young that you want. You want whatever that game plan was because it's not going to be every night that, that that's a one-for-seven stat. You're going to look at the three-for-sevens. Those nights. Are we going to get 40 from Trey? Because that's that's the difference between Trey being the insane animal that he can be is those free throws because the dude is 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 fearless when it comes to that. And does he create fouls sometimes? Hell yes. But you know what that means? It means he's a really smart basketball player. So if Trey can play his game, like, l- listen, these four games, in these four games you got, you have Murray playing a game where he is insanely efficient from the floor and he almost makes he almost gets a triple double right Trey's not does not have a great game that night somehow when these guys are going to gel on the same night and and that's what they're working towards right so while while they're not both having incredible games at the same time and, and even in the the first game like they when they had three people with double doubles um and DeJounte with almost a uh, triple double even in that game like you you can see how there's room for improvement but if Trey can play his game and match it up with DeJounte playing his game it's going to be an insanely difficult task for any other team to handle us especially when we're healthy especially when we have another shooter like Bogey on the second team it, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm I am so unbelievably excited. I'm so unbelievably excited. I'm just I'm just having fun over here, kind of rolling through Twitter. Uh, and this just in this just in forty two minutes ago. Let's say congratulations to our boy Spencer Strider, the National League Rookie of the Year. 
Spencer Strider, folks. Uh, that just came across. But I guess the voters don't like that Michael Harris was bowling either. Yeah, probably not. But uh, just looking through uh, some Twitter people talking about they don't like the roster. I hope we get some trades done. It's like, who are you? Like, I don't know, man. I guess there's just a whole pack of just completely ridiculous uneducated fans and they're probably so ignorant and pig-headed that we couldn't change their minds anyway like one of them said trade the head coach like who doesn't want to start the season off three and one and john collins now does he not have a double double in every game he's played trey is leading the league in assists per game Dejounte is leading the league in steals per game john collins is a walking double double the 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 problem i think and honestly I really feel like this has something to do with it is most of the younger people right now, video games are such a big part of their life. They see like on 2k, they can make these trades in basketball and they can just create their team with whoever they want. And they see this type of stuff. And then like every, every single time somebody is like rumored to be even on the trade block, it's it's oh this is the Hawks need to go get this guy we're we're this piece away and then it always involves trading away like Jalen Johnson I I saw Jay Crowder for Jalen Johnson and DeAndre Hunter what what are you talking about you sound like a crazy person yeah, like it, people just want to change like the one loss we have one bad bad stinker of a game against the Hornets right and and all of a sudden like everything's wrong. We got to go back to the drawing board. We need to trade. Te- we need a whole different team. Our dynamic is all ruined. It's. I don't. I'll never understand it. Like that game pissed me off. I paid money to be at that game. That I was irritated. It sucked. But at the same time, like I, I'm gonna watch the next game. And guess what? Hard fought win in Detroit. Awesome. We were in Little Caesars Arena and we were hot and ready. Okay. Hopefully we're the exact same on Friday night. But I, I don't understand the the constant need. Like, these guys are learning to play with one another. Like, that that's happening right now. Like, DeJounte Murray coming to this team changes the whole dynamic. And, and clearly for the better. Like, we've seen how it works for the better. It's not perfect yet. They still have to work towards the goal of everybody knowing where they're going to be. It's, it's, it's not easy. But if you can't see the direction that it's going then I'm sorry for you. And I'm, I'll be here to argue with you at every step of the way. I'm sorry. I blacked out as soon as you said there might be people in the world that think because they can manage a team on NBA 2K that they know what the fuck they're doing in the NBA. Oh, my like, God. I, I blacked out. It, I, I totally lost you. Like, it's you've got to be kidding me. Madden managers like, on. If it was 4-0, and if the Hawks were 4-0, would you still be saying we got to tear the team down, they suck? Like, I just whatever. I mean, I hope you keep listening to the show, and I hope maybe we make a dent in your tiny little pea brain <laughs> to know that, like, you can't, this, you can't call the season. <laughs> again, I'll say it again. I guess I'll, we'll just talk about this forever because these people get under our skin. And, and if, this, if, if, it's, if they're trolling us, if, if it's their goal to get under our skin, congratulations, you win every time. But nobody, Travis Schlink is not thinking, well, I got to start get on the phone to make some trades. Oh, this roster's crap. They 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 constructed this roster and they have the coach they have because they think they can win with it. 
Oh, yeah. And until it's proven otherwise, this is what they're doing. So either support the team, show up, buy tickets, buy popcorn and hot dogs, say hello to Harry the Hawk, or sit down and shut up. Because you are, it's ridiculous at three and one that they're just sounding the fire alarm. And I'm sure we've, you know, we've met people out on the golf course. There's other people like this in, in other fan bases, but I just really feel like it is more prominent in Atlanta sports. Than it, and may, Hey, maybe we'll start asking around. Maybe I'll get Cam Rogers on the phone and be like, get me, get me other, you know, they, they hook us up with hosts and stuff. Like I want to, I want to really dig into the Carolina Panthers, the bucks, the bills, the reds, whoever, do you have this many just mental midgets in your fan base as we do in Atlanta that they, they they jump off a bridge at three and one when John Collins, who seems like he's actually going to have this crazy all-star breakout season of dropping double-doubles every night, which Nate McMillan said he wants to do. That's the player that he envisions him being. And through four games, he is that guy. It's coming to fruition. Now, it's John Collins' job to go out there and perform night in and night out. It's a long, it's 80 something game, 82 games, but come on, man, just stop with it. Yeah. It's the, the, the aspect of social media is such a killer too, because you can literally just say what you're feeling at that moment. If DeJounte Murray dribbles the ball off his knee, kicks it out of bounds where we were going to tie the ball game, you have the option of going on Twitter or Facebook and, and just typing this guy is horrible, trash, hot dog flavored water, uh, whatever. And, but but that's that's what that's what comes up, and people just see that stuff, and they're like, "Ooh, it looks like Dejounte Murray's uh, really shit in the bed this year." And that's how information gets relayed right now. You you see something you don't like, you post about it. We're not gonna watch an entire game and give you an analysis of how that player did. Like I can tell you that Dejounte Murray had a really bad shooting night. He did, but guess what he did really well? He played defense really well. He played every other aspect of the game really well. His shots were just not falling. And I go on Twitter, and I type his name in, and I see all the comments about him, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's what you guys saw that game. Like, I don't I, – I, I say this to a lot of people who take a negative – like, come from the negative side of things um, when it comes to watching sports. And I'm, I'm just like, why Why do you do it? Like, did, like – do you derive any pleasure from this or is that the type of person you are that the, the negativity fuels you? Because like, sure, if that's your thing, great. But like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how you even watch any sports. If, if it's a hundred percent negative or you're always looking to, to be a contrarian about everything, like what, like, where is the pleasure? Uh, Like, I love it so much. Like I can't, my brain can't process how you are the way that you are. I just, I mean, and you know, maybe they're like wildly successful in other aspects of their life and maybe they're super intelligent, but when it comes to sports, you're just a complete jackass and I just want to help you. Or maybe you don't, I mean, and, but again, I've said this before, it's probably not worth talking to any of these people when it comes to that, because if they're going to say stuff like that to their friends and, and on social media and just that's their attitude towards sports and they, they, there's probably no talk. There's probably just, you would probably drive yourself insane. You'd want to ram your head into a brick wall trying to talk to well, them. It's trying to get people to do things that like they clearly don't want to do. Like I'm not, common, I'm, it's I'm, not sense. Here, I'm not here to sell you on sports. Like if you, if you want to know, like if you, if you just kind of follow other people's opinions on sports, but you really deep down inside want to know more, 
or want to get an idea of what's actually happening and 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 make your own decisions, please let let me help. Let us help. <laughs> One of those things too, where a lot of uh, uh, kind of what they throw back at me sometimes when I interact with them is I'm allowed to say that. I'm allowed to feel this way. Well, of course you are. It doesn't mean you should, and yeah. it doesn't mean you're right, and it doesn't mean you don't sound like a total moron like, when you say these you things. You don't think about like, anything you, you say before you say it. And it, it doesn't... It, it filter's it, gone. It, it like, sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that I uh, say sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have kept that to myself. But the thing is that you say these things, and you actually think you're an intelligent, sports-minded person like I, I i assure you that if you got into a room with travis schlink that uh, you know what i mean yes it's uh i don't know um so anyway i'm getting i'm getting a i'm getting a sign here saying we gotta hustle this thing along we we got on our soapbox about fandom in atlanta again do better be better but falcons panthers coming up give us the rundown um, not too much here to talk about. The Falcons did actually just release Marlon Davidson, and that is oh wow, that's kind of big. I mean, they got him from Auburn. They were hoping he was going to be kind of a. It just nothing, nothing ever came from it. He did, he did pick off Tom Brady, so he's got that going for him. Um, but yeah, uh, so unfortunately, we're still we're st- we still got AJ Terrell with the nagging hamstring injury. We're down Casey Hayward. Um. I haven't seen the latest report on Hawkins, whether we're going to have him. I sincerely hope we do. Uh, Darren Hall's back practicing in the secondary. Um, but you got a new-look Panthers um, that we're going to see this weekend. No more Christian McCaffrey. He is uh, He's out in San Francisco now. So, so somehow, somehow the Falcons were – they have the easiest schedule for the rest of the year, and somehow that schedule was made just a tad bit easier – by removing Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, who we see twice. Um, but neither here nor there. That it, Replacing Christian McCaffrey is a tandem of Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. So Deontay Foreman is not, uh, not an easy man to take down, but um, as far as game planning, I mean, you, you're also running out a X, uh, X XFL quarterback yeah. PJ Walker. Don't let him beat you. Well, but I mean, in, in last week, last week they have a they have a very good game. Like it, our our deficiencies in the secondary, if they are still the way that they are, come Sunday, um, could play a, a big part because um, Carolina has DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr. out there, and if if PJ Walker has time, um, those two guys can hurt you. And if if they can get and establish any kind of running game with Foreman and Hubbard, um, it's going to be a difficult game for us. I mean, I feel like every game, every game has the potential to be a difficult game for the Falcons, just based on who we are this year. No, we're not projected to blow anybody out, and no self-respecting Falcons fan thinks that we're going to blow anybody out. Panthers, however, are a team that you feel confident that you can beat. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You feel they they should be. I don't want to say an easy win, but they should be a team that you can beat. Where people had questions about the the 49ers. like I felt like that was a game that we way out kicked our coverage and wound up winning that game. That was an awesome game. Uh, but then we come back and we, uh, again the Bengals, a team that people really thought that were going to beat us, they really beat us. But we still found a way to to make ourselves known in that game. So. 
I think if we just follow our game plan, um, we will definitely be in it. Hopefully, we'll be able to win it. But God bless it. I I really, really, really hope that there is some attempt made, unless we're just running the ball all over the place to get Pitts and London involved. Yeah. I just I I just I I don't know what exactly I want here. It's just it's difficult to see these other teams. And I know we have less weapons on offense, so it's easier for defense to to cue in on our superstars or our first round draft pick talent, but I just man, you can't double coverage both of them. You can't double up on both of them. It's right. just again, Some, somebody's got to be wide open for you, but it it's one it's a thing that I would like to see is that the offense goes a little bit of a different route. I'd like to see us maybe not maybe not wait till third down to pass every time. Maybe not yeah. run as often as we have been. If that's going to be our den- I our identity, then it, it is what it is and we're not going to be able to do anything to change it. It's just it's frustrating knowing that those guys are out there and they aren't given the opportunity. I mean, the I heard the question asked, do you think Marcus Mariota will throw the ball more than 15 times in the game? And the answer was probably not. And it, It's an age-old formula it, that works. It's a proven formula that works. Establish the running game. And when you establish the running game, guess what it does? Opens up the passing game. Then utilize those two stars. If they can have timely defense, establish a good ground game, get those two guys involved, I think they can easily beat the Panthers. I think... Had they done that in Cincinnati, if those guys get more involved, and and again, we've all said maybe the plays weren't there, this, that, or the other. If those two guys are involved more in Cincinnati, maybe you pull out a win. But you got to have good, sound football from Mariota. You know, it'd be nice if he could run a couple in, but look, Stavis running game, passing game, timely defense. If the Panthers give you any opportunities in the form of turnovers or, you know, bad third down conversions, capitalize on that. They are really bad on third down. That's how you win. 25%. And we are at home, so you'll be down there with the Bird Gang tailgate. I think the Falcons get it done. Kind of another kind of of get-well game, you know, establish themselves, get back into a groove maybe after getting uh, roughed around in in Bengal country. But with that, if you have a chance, stop by the Bird Gang tailgate. Actually, don't stop by this weekend. This weekend, there will be no tailgate, unfortunately. Our... uh, our good buddy Jamie is, is in, in New Zealand. He's in Hobbiton, <laughs> Lord of the Rings country, because that's where he's from. He's, I think he's home visiting mom. Uh, I still have not met Mr. Sellers, but sure seems like a fine fellow, and uh, we got to talk Falcons wings, but we got to talk about getting out of here and getting our weekend started off right and, uh, you know, getting back to the other part of our lives. But we're going to come back to this life on Monday. We'll see you then. Good night, Atlanta. We love you. Do you believe?